call ourselves a network of churches, but a communion of churches, because being a communion of churches is deeper. It's a deeper thing. We're like, we're in communion with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, okay? There's that kind of communion in the scripture. Being a Christian means we have this connection with God. It's also the same word is the Acts 2 code word for community, fellowship. We have something together in Jesus. And the same word for communion is used for partnership and mission. A partnership and mission, like Philippians 1, hey, I thank my God every time I think of you because of our partnership in the gospel. It's communion in the gospel. He's like, the stuff that we do together. And uh, we're in communion with God, with each other, and in the mission of Jesus, and that's a delight. And um, hey, this is exciting news. There's a, a group of elders, Covenant Doylestown elders, that are gonna meet Wednesday, and we're gonna sketch out, hey, could we sketch out like a year of intentional exploration to maybe join the street gang that is the Liberty Communion of Churches? Like they're thinking about, hey, we'd kinda like to be in. And we have a, uh, uh, a pastor's trip later in April. Four of those pastors are gonna come. I'll get to hang out with Larry and Stephen on that. And uh, man, I, I just, I love you guys. I root for you. Super excited about the vision and initiative you've shown in this facility purchase. And that's obviously a, a big project. I've been part of that kind of stuff in the past and know the challenge of it and the excitement of it and all the prayer and vision casting and fundraising and work that it takes to make that happen. And I just want to let you know you're not alone. I'm rooting for you. I'm stoked for you. I'm proud of you. Um, yeah, I, I love your leaders. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, it's just a joy to be with you. So greetings from Doylestown, this new place that we live. I really feel like we spent 20 years in this neighborhood. So much of our, our hearts are here. Um, my youngest daughter, Lily, is here worshiping with us. She jumped at the chance to be really with her home church where she grew up. And, uh, you know, coming to Doylestown is interesting. And it's like, oh, okay, hey, this is going on, but it's not home yet for her, which I, I get, you know? And I, there's something about church family that is a delight and a gift. And yes, it's also a calling. So, uh, here's the text we're going to look at. Uh, Stephen read it. This is a don't forget who you are sermon. And this actually, this sermon will be preached at other Liberty churches. This is a don't forget what you have, don't forget who you are sermon. And it was actually this, the wider argument from which this text was taken of it was given to people who wondered if they had really done all that God required for them to belong to the people of Jesus. It was Gentiles. They're like, are we really in? Have we done all the stuff? Are we part of this family? Is just faith in Christ Jesus enough to make us in and fully accepted by God, delighted in by God, uh, partnered with by God? And... Um, 
we just finished the holiday season. Some gifts don't require a lot of thought, you know. Some gifts even signal, I don't know quite what to get you, you know. Here's a gift card. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Some gifts are deeply personal. Like when someone makes something specifically to you, this, the gift that God gives here is very personal. God gives what is dear to him. God gives us himself. We look at this text under three headings. We have the family of the Father, the sentness of the Son, the mission of the Son, and the seal of the Spirit. The family of the Father, the mission of the Son, the seal of the Spirit. Look at this. The family of the Father. Now I'm just going to go back to this text and read this, this part of it again. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. Let's just go through that for a second. At the right time, there, this is like the sending of Jesus is, is this thing that God prepares people for for thousands of years. And in the right moment of history, God sends Jesus, who, who's born a human being, who's born of a woman, born under law. And under law, for the Apostle Paul, it's a loaded term. So he's writing to a church filled with both Jews and Gentiles. The Gentiles are wondering, have we done all this stuff? Do we really belong to the people of God? Do all the men need to be circumcised? Are there Old Testament laws that we need, need to obey? Under law, it's the law of God. Everything we actually owe to God, um, we do prayers of confession at this church, recognizing hey, we are actually, God calls us to love our neighbors. We love ourselves. There's ways that we're under the law. And it's also, when Paul uses this, it's the, the burden of impossibility of trying to perfect, perfectly fulfill it. We are under something that we can't do that Jesus fulfills for us. Jesus came born under law that he fulfills something, he accomplishes something in his death and resurrection so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Now, sisters in Jesus, don't get tripped up on this. So men need to make a mental adjustment. Uh, the church is the bride of Christ. Men need to make mental adjustment. Okay, I'm part of this thing, dearly beloved by God, part of the bride of Christ. Sisters, he's speaking to men and women. He says you're all sons, because in that cultural context, sons have the highest inheritance rights. And he actually, earlier in this book, he's like, look, there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, no male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. You all have this super high status as family members. In this family, 
you all belong the same way, inherit the same way. You are all one in Christ Jesus. You all have everything in this family. There's promise and comfort and gift in this family. Look, you're part of this family. This is the comfort of it. This is the gift of it. There's also a calling, an obligation when you're part of this family. And there's an intimacy with the Father, a closeness with the Father. Because of Jesus the Son, we cry, Abba, Abba, the in-the-home word for Father, the intimate term for Father, the dad term, the term you use for your dad when you're home, Abba, that even small children can say, Abba. We have this access the promise and comfort of this family is the access with God himself. And here's, here's part of the privilege of it. Uh, the family is large and fun. Now, um, you can't white elephant gift your family, though there's parts of all of our families we'd rather white elephant gift. Like, hey, I'll give you this part of my family. Can I, can I have this part? you know, this custom from your family. Have you ever been around a family and you admire it? You kind of long for it. Maybe your weaker moments, you're a little bit jealous of it. Uh, being a Christian actually makes us part of this really big, kind of so big, it's kind of crazy family that's actually lasts forever. We're part of this beautiful family that actually transcends time, goes throughout the centuries, will outlast the world as we know it. And uh, it's just a great gift. Um, one of the things that's, one of the things that made us change from being just a network of churches to this deeper thing, a communion of churches, is actually the leaders of the Liberty Church have said, actually, um, let's walk with each other as family members. Let's be, okay, so pastors, let's be pastors who share our struggles with each other and pray for each other. And so to be in a Liberty Church, to be a pastor in a Liberty Church, you're invited in a cohort. It's basically a small group for pastors. Let, man, let's root for each other. Let's be there for each other. Let's walk with each other in weakness. Let's intercede for each other. Let's get each other's back. Okay, let's do this together. Let's act more family-like. Um, I just got to visit New York City with my daughter, and we stayed at this. It's kind of like this crazy Airbnb, only for people in ministry. So I can't tell you the name of it, not just anybody. You gotta be in ministry somehow. Lily and I stayed there, and there's a, a little book out the side of all these just simple uh, rooms that they, they have set up. And the little book is filled with notes uh, of people who stayed there over the years. So I filled it out this time. And it was so fun to read. At the turn in the early 1900s, there were single women there, one of whom ended up serving the Lord in Nepal. Recently, a missionary from Ireland, this family from Australia, 
people from all over the United States, this guy doing college ministry in Boston. And it was just a snapshot, a slight window. Hey, we're part of this bigger thing that God has been doing, part of this family of faith that transcends time, that's bigger than what we know. That's the gift of being a Christian. When God connects you with Jesus, he makes you part of his family. He makes you part of his family. And Liberty River words, uh, I just want to let you know, look, we're trying to live this out, being a family of churches. You're not alone. Uh, this congregation's undergone some transitions in the past year, a bunch of transitions. I want you to know we got your back. Uh, I was just on the phone with Pastor Jim Anger, who is the pastor of Liberty Collingswood, just over the, the river. And we prayed together for this church, and we were talking about, hey, what's the latest news? How can we be helpful? What's going on? You're not alone. Oh, we got you back. You got your back. There's comfort, a reassurance of being part of the family. You're not alone. We have God himself. We have each other. Uh, there's also a calling to this. Here's a sermon. I'm, um, here's a snapshot of a sermon I'm going to preach ne next week in Covenant Doylestown. You know what one of the churches that's really held up as an example in the book of Acts is this church, Antioch, okay? They're just held up as an example. And Luke, the writer of Acts, goes out of his way to say the fruitful, God-honoring, uh, deeply, light, a lifestyle shaped by the gospel, the things that they do first. One of those things, God they find out that there's going to be a great famine all over the world. It's going to be this massive famine. And this church in Antioch that had both Jews and Greeks in it, they could have said, well, hey, let's prepare for that, and let's kind of double down and take care of our own. You know what they do? It's Acts 11, verse 29. The disciples determined, okay, after they hear about the famine, everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers and sisters living in Judea. And they did so sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. They're a church that says, hey, with the resources we have, we are going to be a blessing to some other churches and some other people and some other regions. We're going to meet some needs. As God gives us the ability to do that, we're going to do that. I just want to encourage you, this is the legacy of this church. There's been folks who have like, hung out with the staff team and gone on to plant churches. Now Liberty Collingswood's 10 years old. This church had the honor of helping that church and walking with this church. Liberty Harrisburg exists because of how we helped Liberty Harrisburg. We've helped other things and seek to be on the same team with other churches, rec recognizing that's the call of the gospel. You guys have sent relief, have helped, have walked with others, uh, and I, I really want to see uh, other churches walk with you guys and help lift the load as you're like, hey, here's an idea. How about we rehab this building so we have 24-7 ministry space and can just go crazy with it? Uh, you're not alone. You're part of a family of churches, and there's gift, there's, there's comfort in that, 
there's calling on that. Amen? Second thing, the mission of Jesus. The mission of Jesus. So we get the family of the Father. We also get the mission of Jesus. Where is that here? Well, it's a Jesus sentness. He says it twice. God sent forth his son. And then a verse later, God sent the spirit of his son. Jesus, okay, scripturally, now let's just take a step back from this passage. Jesus sentness becomes our sentness. This is explicit in the Gospel of John. After the resurrection, Jesus says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed in them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus' sentness becomes our sentness. And this is, there's something for us here as churches. We're churches with mission. We're churches that seek to bless the wider church and seek to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in this region together. This is just really true. We can do things together that we can't do apart. I don't know if you know this, but, okay, so Ted Jordan replanted this church in Glassboro, New Jersey. There's now a Liberty Glassboro. And there's a bunch of liberties out there, which is why Stephen Wood was like, yeah, there's a bunch of them, and they're here, and he got kind of vague for a second, because it can get it a little bit hard to keep track of. But actually, hanging out with, the Stephen, with Stephen Wood and Larry, being part of our cohort, we walked with that guy for a couple years, and just that church launched this past fall. Evan Curry used to connect regularly with our staff, end up planting in Northeast Philadelphia. Uh, this church, I, I'm just saying this to encourage you, this church has grandchildren churches. Churches that you planted and helped birth, giving birth to other churches. This guy Kyle Connect in Bristol, Pennsylvania, uh, the lower east corner of Bucks County. He's gathering a team right now hopes to launch later this year in 2024. I just want to encourage you, it's still happening. The mission of Jesus, planting churches that more people would come to Jesus, know about Jesus, connect with Jesus, it's still happening. So some of the Liberty Sermon, it's just like, look guys, hey, you know what hasn't changed? Um, the mission of Jesus. The culture's changed a lot in 20 years. Our country has changed politically. The, your neighborhood has changed a lot in 20 years. You know what hasn't changed? The mission of Jesus. There's still a mission. We're going to do it together. We have been. We're going to continue to do that. I, to me, I actually asked, so I asked to do the benediction which I'll do. That's the thing at the end. It means good word. It's the final, it's a spiritual impartation as we go from being the church gather, gathered to being the church scattered in the world. And you're going to go and live your lives this week with your neighbors, friends, family, co-workers, with people along your block. And I asked to do that because the beauty of that it's just become really precious to me, especially in the past, past couple years ago. I think 
as a younger pastor, I was in right way like, hey, let's get liberty to swing for the fences. Let's plan a lot of churches. The, the big things, the things you put on a website, you know what's really powerful to me and more precious to me than any other time in my life? Just the beauty of lives lived for Jesus. Hey, what's your sentness? Every one of you connected to Jesus should know that when you hug people, because the love of God is in you. Speak a kind word. Give someone a cup of cold water. Bring in the trash cans on your block. Shovel the snow. Do things that are kind. Speak the words of Jesus. Say gospel words to people. Actually share, okay, I, I've connected with Jesus. I've act, this has actually changed me. I think it's real. I think it's true. Just let your little light shine. When you let your little light shine, it's precious to God and lasts forever. And the church comes together on Sunday, the first day of the week. We're fed at God's table, and then we're scattered in our neighborhood, in our world, to live for Jesus and just bless people in Jesus' name. Be kind and have God's word on our lips. That's precious to God. Here's a word for liberty. Liberty rewards. Galatians 6. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's simple, isn't it? Hey, as you have opportunity, do good to everyone. Also, especially your family members. He's being like other believers. You even, I'd especially like, you know, veer towards helping other brothers and sisters in Jesus. But as you have opportunity, do good to everyone. It's precious to God. It matters to God. And lastly, look at the flow of Galatians 4. Paul ends with the seal of the Holy Spirit. Hey, Gentiles, you really do belong. You really are. You've received everything in Christ. You're in him, connected to him forever. God sent his son, and he's also sent the Holy Spirit. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Abba. You're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Uh, you're not a slave a slave, you're like, okay, I got to do all the stuff. Slaves serve with different motives than sons serve. Slaves serve because they have to. Sons serve because they get to. Sons, uh, the word is cry out. Cry out, Abba, Abba. There's something for us in prayer here. There's something for us in prayer. I love that uh, that psalm was sung. Like God's words Become, can become our words. We can write them on our heart, pray them back to God, sing them back to God. We have an access to God now. Abba, Father. We get to say, Father, Father. And guess what the Father hears? The Father hears. Because of the seal of the Holy Spirit, 
God really has given us himself. And this is, a, this is how this has changed for me personally. Uh, there's an experiential, here's a different word to use that you don't use all, all the time, mystical way that we experience this. And it's deepened for me over the years. You know what God gives us? He gives us things precious to him, his son, his mission in the world, himself, his spirit. This is Jesus Christ and John. I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus is with us forever. He says, that's the ending of the Gospel of Matthew. And truly, I am with you till the end of the age. I'm with you always, to the end of, end of everything. I'm with you always. We get God himself we get a spirit. We're not orphans. Jesus has come to us. Um, there's this prayer in John 17 that's really long, super, super deep. And at the end of it, it's Jesus praying to the Father. And this is after she's talked about the future sending of the Spirit, which now we're on the other side of. But he says this, he says this to God the Father. This is the Son praying to the Father. I made known to them your name. I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. What do we have? The love of God in us, the Spirit of God, Jesus himself in us. And there's no way to talk about that and not just say, like, hey, that's kind of mysterious. Right, friends? Like, Jesus gives us himself. And look, I'm, I just want to plead with you to see God gives us everything. God's family, we have in Jesus God's family. We're part of his mission in the world. There's purpose in your life. You have God's presence with you, his spirit. And the super surprise bonus point is we're heirs. We actually get God's reward. Everything we do for Jesus, it's going to matter forever in a way that's eternal. Every small prayer, pray in secret in your house with your door closed. Pray as you drive your car. God hears that, sees it. It's precious to him. It matters forever. Look at what we've been called into. Look at the privilege we have. Can I pray for us? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we pray that we would um, see the family that you were part of, that you were sent to make us a part of. We pray we just rejoice in that and know the comfort of it, know the comfort of your spirit, the, your mission for us. And we also pray we'd live out the obligation of it. We'd live out the calling of being sent. We'd live out the calling of our family. Lord, I pray for everyone here to know the dignity of their daily life, the doing good that is precious in your sight. And we pray that together, Lord, 
we actually ask for grace as a communion of churches to make your name known more, to be on the mission of Jesus more together, to help one another. I pray you bless this particular congregation. And Lord, we pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.